This Autoconverse podcast is brought to you in part by Acorns, Grow Your Oak. Acorns helps you grow your money. In under five minutes, get investment accounts for you and your family, plus retirement, checking, ways to earn more money, and grow your knowledge. Take control with all-in-one investment, retirement, checking, and more. Just $1, $3, or $5 a month. Find out more by going to autoconverse.com acorns. That's www.autoconverse.com forward slash acorns. From Acorns, Mighty Oaks Do Grow. There's breaking news tonight that the so-called Freedom Convoy in Canada protesting vaccine mandates could be expanding to the United States, starting in Los Angeles on the Super Bowl and gathering steam across the country, ending in Washington for the State of the Union address. That was an NBC News report on the Freedom Convoy demonstration in Canada, which has brought chaos to Ottawa for weeks. But as Canadian officials have expressed growing dismay at the disruption, the convoy has held its ground. In fact, it's even grown. The convoy is now affecting auto manufacturers in Detroit, and a myriad of new supply chain issues are surfacing as well. And what started off as a standoff against government vaccine mandates and masks may evolve into something more as the initiative's crowdsourcing provider GoFundMe has now frozen the group's assets. All the while, Elon Musk's SpaceX company just lost over 40 Starlink satellites that it's launched due to an orbital magnetic storm. Two entirely different worlds we have, don't we? From Autoburst Media, this is Autoconverse. Hey, we got a good show lined up for you today. Oh, well, I'm a Game of Thrones nut, so that's, that's, that's my jam. The robots are listening. The robots are listening. And welcome to this episode of the Autoconverse podcast, where, you know, we explore people, ideas, and technologies that influence how we are connected and the way we get around. I am Ryan Girardi. Always great to be here with you. So just a few weeks ago, a convoy of trucks rolled into the capital of Canada, and they hit the brakes, and they haven't moved. The protest is now past its third week, and there really was no end in sight until around today. But let's, get, let's not get into that. The protest started when the U.S. and Canada began to enforce requirements for truck drivers to either show proof of vaccination or be willing to submit to COVID testing and quarantine regulations. Now, in the fall of 2021, truckers were given an expansion status when it came to COVID restrictions on either side of the border in an effort to mitigate supply chain problems. Those exemptions ran out in Canada on January 15th and in the U.S. a week later. Once border agents began enforcing COVID requirements, the protest began to take form. The movement's been called Freedom Convoy 2022, and it is organized by political activist Tamara Like and Benjamin Dichter. Neither spokesperson is a long-haul trucker, but both have been active in Canada's political scene for several years. The group began fundraising through GoFundMe, but had its assets frozen after the platform claimed it no longer wanted to be associated with the movement. The organization has, however, been able to raise money on other crowdfunding platforms, with Dichter claiming more than $5 million raised on Give, Send, Go, and another 600000 on Bitcoin. Here's actor and comedian J.P. Sears. 
at GoFundMe, we're the world's number one most trusted fundraising platform, which is easily provable because we wrote it on our website. With us, you can easily set up a campaign or contribute to a cause that speaks to your heart so you can assist someone who's in desperate need of help. We make it easy. You just simply set up a campaign for your cause, make a donation, share it with all your friends to get them to contribute, and then once all the donations are in, we'll decide if we wanna give the money to your cause or not. Your money, our choice. All of our competitors unfortunately have deceptive business practices where they just automatically deliver your money to the cause you donated to, but not us. We think you deserve better than that. If we'd rather not give your money to your cause, then we're gonna be honest with you about that after you've given us your money. Officially, the group is asking for an end to vaccine mandates and specifically vaccine passports. Now, last weekend, police in Ottawa saw a surge in protesters beyond the truckers themselves, with estimates ranging up to 10,000 protesters downtown. Protesters also organized rallies in other cities, including Toronto and Quebec. And on February 6th, the mayor of Ottawa declared a state of emergency. Here's a local news reporter at the Ambassador Bridge in Detroit. Tell me, explain to me why you guys are, some would argue, clogging up the biggest commerce bridge in North America. Well, today, this is the fourth day we're at the Ambassador Bridge, and we're only clogging the Ambassador Bridge. We want nothing to do with the tunnel, okay? We're not here to stop Americans from going back into America. We're here to send a message, and that message is freedom. We feel like we're being regulated too much. We don't have freedom. We have an ultimatum. It's you either do this or do that and you lose your job. We don't want that. We want our rights back. We've been hurting for two and a half years. It's the fourth day. What's four days to two and a half years? Please tell me. Coming up. My initial thought was this is a complete carbon copy of what Carvana's done. But as you start to peel back and the opportunity so you can still deliver that vehicle in the brick and mortar or a dealership. And from a dealership standpoint, I can say, hey, we're still involved in the community. You're not just buying it from a publicly traded company and having a car dropped off of your house. You're still working with the dealer. So we're reinvesting these funds back into our community. So there's a lot of positives on a dealership level um, that we're still having the transaction with the consumer. But before we get into that, how about some headlines? WISC, which describes itself as the developer of the first all-electric self-driving air taxi in the U.S., has secured $450 million with Boeing. The U.S. aerospace and defense giant is also a strategic partner of WISC, providing the air taxi company with its expertise. The funding will help WISC to develop its sixth-generation electric vehicle takeoff and landing aircraft. WISC's aircraft is a fixed-wing platform powered by 12 independent rotors, can fly at altitudes of between 1,500 and 5,000 feet, travel at speeds of up to 100 miles an hour, and has a range of about 25 miles. WISC has logged 1,500 test flights with full-scale aircraft, and its aircraft will be the first candidate for certification of an autonomous, all-electric, passenger-carrying air taxi. Well, how about that? It's right there. Across the pond, UK self-driving startup Wave 
raises $200 million to scale up technologies. British self-driving technology startup Wave has raised $200 million from investors to scale up its autonomous driving technology globally and launch more pilot projects with commercial fleet partners. The Series B funding round brings the startup's total fundraising to $258 million and includes new investments from venture capital firms, D1 Capital Partners, more strategic ventures, and Lynn's Capital, plus fresh capital from investors including Microsoft. Making taxis autonomous has proven more difficult and expensive to develop than expected, and investors have been pumping money into self-driving technology for trucks and other commercial vehicles where automation could be viable sooner. Smart Car announced that it has raised $24 million in a Series B funding round led by Energize Ventures and existing investors Andreessen Horowitz and New Enterprise Associates. The company was founded in 2015 as a response to the dearth of standardized interfaces and resources for developers looking to build apps for cars. Today, Smart Car's technology is compatible with 22 vehicle makes and models, and the new funding will help the company to expand its compatibility to include more car brands. Mopar has announced a pair of new plug-in wall chargers for Jeep 4XE and Chrysler PHEVs, which will retail for $599. Both chargers are Wi-Fi capable and support level two charging at 240 volts. Available in plug-in or hardwired versions that supply a maximum power of 32 amps. And the units can fully charge the vehicle in just over two hours. Mopar confirmed the units are Energy Star certified and Smart Grid optimized to reduce costs. General Motors confirmed it will invest nearly $7 billion for electric vehicle and battery production at four Michigan sites, creating 4,000 new jobs and retaining 1,000. The automaker announced the single largest investment in its history after the state's Michigan Strategic Fund Board approved $824 million in incentives for the projects. GM is spending more than $30 billion through 2025 to meet it stated goals of 30 EV product offerings globally by 2025 and 1 million EV sales in that same time frame. The announcement gives GM three U.S. battery cell manufacturing sites with a fourth one coming. It also provides GM capacity to build 600,000 electric pickups when both plants are fully running. And here's one for you. New Mexico may tax tickets to space on Virgin Galactic. Flying up and away from Earth could get even more expensive as New Mexico lawmakers consider taxing the tickets on Virgin Galactic. A bipartisan bill introduced in the state legislature seeks to close a loophole that excluded spaceflight passenger tickets from gross receipts taxes. The move aims to harvest revenue from ticket sales as Virgin Galactic prepares for regular commercial service from Spaceport America in southern New Mexico. Virgin Galactic told investors last fall it had about 700 reservations for flights. With a ticket price of $450,000, the tax would be at least $31,000.
Hey dad, are you still looking for a car? Did you know that when you click on car ads, dealers pay for every click? But shouldn't you get paid? After all, you're the one clicking. That's why I use Ask Auto. With Ask Auto, you build rewards as you shop. Plus, Ask Auto recommends exclusive offers based on your needs. You can ask questions on cars you like and still protect your personal information. You can even set your price. Who knew car shopping could be so easy and rewarding? Ask Auto, fast, fun, and rewarding car shopping. If you're listening and saying, should I be considering some type of wellness initiative, wellness program in my workplace? Healthcare costs and decrease of that is one biggie. Another one is employee productivity. Quality and quantity of work both go up whenever you are engaging in wellness culture in your workplace. That's the big takeaway is get your people moving, bake it into your culture. There are ways to do that. Edutain, get some lunch and learn, something going on that, and 80-20 rule on the break room stuff. If you're already doing those types of things, yes, you can go deeper on workplace wellness. But What I primarily focus on is sort of the cultural and office environment changes. So we're gonna kind of condense some of those things with being sort of the habits of the culture in your posture and how you keep yourself, and then your desk set up in the sense of how do you sit at your desk so that you can maintain a good posture relatively speaking. There's no such thing as good or bad posture. There is such a thing as being in a posture for too long, which could be bad for you. So that usual posture of us rounded head forward, if you're staying in that posture for a long period of time, that is bad for you. But the posture itself is not inherently bad or good. Um, so that's just to get people out of that mindset. The three tips I have for posture today are going to be more based around general movement than here's a really specific exercise that you can do. The first actual tip, the best thing you can do for your posture is just get up and move and take frequent movement breaks. The second part of that is, well, now that you got up, what do you do? Your body doesn't know the difference between an exercise and going to get a glass of water. Mm. It's movement. So as long as you move in a variety of ways. And the last part is gonna be really kind of out of left field here. And that's the 20-20-20 rule. So the 20-20-20 rule states that about every 20 minutes, going back to the taking a break, you should look at a distance of 20 plus feet for 20 seconds. So 20, 20, 20. Now this is actually for the muscles of your eyes. We look at our computers, our phones, books, food, all of it is within arm's reach. Mm -hmm. So everything is up close. Allowing those muscles to relax by looking further away gives you that reprieve so you're not having that eye fatigue and eye strain that people get for months and years of office work. Uh, consider standing desks. You'll see in my book that, you know, the addition of a standing desk can actually even help your caloric expenditure and you could actually uh, burn the equivalent of five additional pounds over just sitting nonstop. Okay, so let's talk about an additional area that I just uncovered some really powerful research, laughter or humor. And the data is very dramatic. Employers who, you know, supervisors who use humor have more engaged and more productive um, team members by as much as 15%. Those were some of the highlights from our wellness mindset segments last summer on B2B Hour. 
which is a live show that we stream once a month for our partners and business friends. If you're interested in learning more about our wellness programs or the business side of things, head on over to the website autoburstmedia.com and look for information about Auto Conversion, our company, and B2B Hour. And now for my conversation with Ryan Easter, general manager at a Chevy store here in Illinois, uh, talking about the used car marketplace Bravo, which we brought up in our last episode. Here you go. Tell us Car Bravo. This is a GM play, but from a consumer standpoint, are they even going to see, are they going to know that it's that GM's behind this? Does that even matter? Everything that I've seen so far, even from the initial this summer, when I saw that GM uh, trademark, the name Car Bravo, it kind of went dark for a while when this kind of came to light a few weeks back. Everything on the dealer end that we've seen so far from General Motors, and I was sharing with you earlier on our portal, the uh, GM Global, um, there is zero mention of General Motors and zero branding of any type uh, General Motors. So on the consumer end of it, when they're on the portal, from what we can tell is uh, as, far, as far as branding and everything, it's going to be 100% Car Bravo, their colors, their logos, their branding, uh, nothing that'll say you're working with a GM dealer. Yeah, and I, if you just saw while you were talking, I, I brought up the Car Bravo site, which isn't even rolled out yet, mm-hmm. but there's a link here to their privacy statement, which just disappeared. There we go, down at the bottom, and it, it right out there, it spells out General Motors. But I think to your point is GM's not coming out as a GM. Pro- it's not coming out as a GM-branded product. They're trying to separate themselves from the brand itself is what it looks like. Yeah. And from speaking with General Motors, so far I had a conversation with a General Motors executive last week, and my feeling to them was I kind of wanted to get a feeling to say, you know, what's the camp from the dealership body? You know, is it either I'm all in or I'm all out? He kind of said there was three silos. There's the early adapters, those who are absolutely against it, doesn't want the manufacturer being part of their business, and then probably the vast majority in the middle saying, hey, let me uh, see what happens here. Let, let this roll out a little bit. Let me get a feel for what kind of information and the impact it's going to have on the dealership and then I'll decide. But um, from the early standpoint, we kind of need to let them know by mid-February uh, for a program that's probably going to roll out middle to the end of summer is what the anticipation is from General Motors. Okay. So as a GM dealer, you're not automatically included in the program. No, they, they've really left it up to the dealer body. The dealer council, is, they've been very forward saying, hey, it's, 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 you're not required to do it if you want to do it. And they've laid out the, the pros. Obviously, they don't see any cons to it, which, you know, why would we assume that they put a lot of work in this and they're going to have cons? But uh, it, it's 100% voluntary if you want to be a part of it. Uh, when From what I'm told is if you do sign up early on, if you're an early adopter, you have a six-month guaranteed window that you need to stay into it unless you pull back. Um, and, and I believe that there will be a window if you pass on that early adoption window to get back and to get into the program. Is there a cost for you as a dealer to, to be in the program? Yeah, right. It's it's the manufacturer, so there's always a cost for us. So what we've been shared with so far is there's a one-time enrollment fee of $1,000, and then there's a tiered level of fees based on the size of dealership you are, how much of your inventory will be put on the auction block, let's just say available for consumers to see on their end. And then there's a quarterly fee also. So uh, roughly a thousand dollars to get in a dealership, our size, we're, we're 
40 miles west of Chicago, so I'm in a suburban rural type market. I'm probably looking at 299 per vehicle plus a quarterly fee anywhere ranging from three to five three to five thousand dollars quarterly. Hold so on, there's, there's you're looking, associated with it. You're looking at two nine two ninety nine, like a three hundred dollar fee to to sell a vehicle. Correct. Okay, so not so much. So there's fees to list and be in the program, fees and a per it. per sale fee. Yeah, and a sale fee also. So from what I've read so far, for our size, it's going to be two ninety nine for a copy, whether we're selling it or someone's purchasing it from us. Which, which if, if, if you compare that to the current GM certified program, really um, from a dollars and cents standpoint, it's, it's, it's comparable. Um, I, I think in General Motors mind, they're saying, hey, we're kind of cast a bigger net, so we're gonna give you more, more at-bats at the plate. So yeah. the, the cost is negligible in their mind. There's obviously a cost associated with, with you know, anytime you, you get into a program. Yeah. And that's where the cons come in. It's the ROI. Like, does it, you know, can you, can you move the same amount of metal or more at a, at the same or less price? That Completely. Can, yeah. It, it, and, and really until you get involved into it, you, you really won't know. General Motors is selling this as being a disruptor, to the disruptors out there, the Carvana, really they're going after the Carvana and the CarMax model that's out there. Um, it, it's My initial thought was this is a complete carbon copy of what Carvana's done. But as you start to peel back and the opportunity so you can still deliver that vehicle in the brick and mortar or a dealership, and from a dealership standpoint, I can say, hey, we're still involved in the community. You're not just buying it from a publicly traded company and having a car dropped off of your house you're still working with the dealer. So we're reinvesting these funds back into our community. So there's a lot of positives on a dealership level um, that we're still having the transaction with the consumer. Yeah. I mean, it makes me wonder like, uh, you know, what's to keep other manufacturers from doing something similar. And then from the consumer standpoint, it's, the, it's almost going to be the same cars everywhere. They it's, it almost feels like that now it's like the same cars are going to be everywhere you go, give or take a few. Um, the, 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 the website that houses them like Carvana, I've used Carvana's website and the, the virtual experience is, is phenomenal compared to what you experience on say a, a local dealer's website. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I've thought that for years. I mean, it's, it's really, I, I think our dealership websites are too cluttered. We have too much information. I think we need to give the consumer what they want. It really needs to be the ease of the transaction for a number of years. We've all been trying to find ways to ease the pain points of buying a vehicle. Uh, I, th I think we get in our own way with that process. It's process at times because we're stuck in the past because it's worked. And quite frankly, coming out of 21 when dealers have recorded record profits, if you say, look at the statement, the dealer would say, hey, look at the statement. I'm doing everything 100% correct, and I'm going to duplicate that again this year. We need to think, be thinking about 2023 and 2024 down the road. When you see from a General Motors dealer, when you see billions of dollars be being invested into the EV field, um, and you kind of see the way the market's shifting and the way that's going, I think we really need to try to make the process a streamlined process and take the pain points away from the customer and make it easy to buy a vehicle. So Car Carvana, you know, really has done something really well, um, I, I think. But from a dealership standpoint, I think we can even do it better than what's being done right now for the consumer. Yeah, I mean, one limitation Carvana has is is the the human meet in person 
you know, sit down physical aspect, which can be good or bad for the, for mm -hmm. the customer, <laughs> yeah, depending, sure. depending on the dealer, yeah. but with the Carvana option or with the Carvana approach, you don't get that option as a as a consumer, but with something like car Bravo, you, you would still get that, that human touch experience with the local dealer. Correct. And I, and I think uh, Brian Benstock, who's pretty well known in our industry out there at Paragon, Acura out in New York, I think has done a really good job as far as advocating for the dealer, how we can do an e-commerce type business, but still have that personalized touch from a dealership body. And I, I think the initial thought is dealers are thinking, hey, this is going to eliminate the dealers, the dealership network people on the floor. Quite frankly, I think if you start to look at it, we can actually do more business out of a dealership our size than we're currently doing. And we can probably, in all honesty, sell more vehicles and create more jobs. And to our point, when we have the service department parts and accessories tied to the dealership, we can actually bring more business into our dealership and run it in and out the doors and it'll be better for our community in the long run. And when you say bring in more business, are you specifically thinking of customers outside of your typical market now? Is that what you're yeah, thinking? Yeah, I, I do. Um, our, our dealership model really is uh, in the Chicagoland area. There, there's, a, as you can imagine, you know, because you live here, there's there's a lot of dealers. And our our perspective on our, our business model is always, I, I'll put a ring around the dealership of 15 miles and I'm thinking, if I can own that market or be the best dealer, the best employer possible in that market, do I really need to cast out a, a bigger net? You know, it, it's always nice to have more volume going through your store, but our, our quite frankly, our business model, Bob Jess Chevrolet is, you know, own your backyard, take care of your customers in your backyard. Uh, that being said, we do have customers in our own backyard. They're looking for vehicles at times that um, for us to source these vehicles, especially in this last year, as hard as it's been, if we can source them from a central network of, uh, of vehicles, a pool that these GM dealers can pull from, I think it will give us a leg up on the competition. Okay. Meaning Carvana. Yeah. All right, that's a wrap. Hey, thanks again for tuning into this episode. Remember to text the keyword AutoConverse to 855-766-7585 and get yourself subscribed to our YouTube channel so that you can tune into the live shows. This weekend is the Super Bowl, and our next podcast will feature our fourth annual Super Bowl commercial review. So if you're interested in tuning into the live show, then again, text the keyword AutoConverse to 855 766 7585 and we'll send you a link to that show if you're a doge holder to the moon and keep an eye out for our all new crypto nft crash course for those of you interested in learning more about cryptocurrency and non-fungible tokens we will have that ready for you soon until next time see ya This is Autoburst Media. Hello, Jason here. Patent pending Smart Pixel is truly unique. When this simple piece of code is placed in the header of a website, it turns anonymous website visitors into fully identified consumer data. 
That's right, we can turn those clicks and visits into powerful data about the consumers visiting your website. You don't get that type of insight or data from Google Analytics. The type of data provided is name, address, email, what type of car they drive, homeowner, and much more. Up to 306 attributes about the consumer is revealed to you. Now some would say, well I already have that. But do you? The industry today is full of retargeting that depends on third-party cookies and IP retargeting. In either case, you're not truly matching to an accurate one-to-one -one identity. IP retargeting by nature is flawed due to the simple fact that up to 22 different devices can be using the same IP address, meaning you can't really be sure that you're engaging with the right person. Thousands of clients are using Smart Pixel today. It works in all kinds of industries like auto dealers, RV dealers, real estate, consumer goods, hospitality and much, much more. Websites of all types and sizes are benefiting from SmartPixel. Many of our clients use this amazing data in custom audience creation within Facebook and other channels. It's shown our clients a three times higher conversion and significant reduction in ad spending. If you'd like to learn more about SmartPixel and other amazing things that M1 Data does, please visit GetSmartPixel.com. Thanks a lot.